If your business is earning millions, stop what you're doing and take a listen to what offer NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out. At my last company, we used NetSuite to have much more visibility to our business in terms of what was working, what was not working, what was coming in, what was going out. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their finances, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and much more. And for the first time, NetSuite is allowing you to defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. There's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know the deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special financing offer at netsuite.com scale. netsuite.com scale to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. That is netsuite.com slash skill. Welcome back, everybody, to the Uncharted Podcast. This is Poya. I have a special person on the call, Keith Andrade. Nice to have you on the show. How are you? Doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. So excited to have you on today's episode. We'd love to kick it off with a quick professional bio. Give some context <laughs> to the listeners on who you are. Yeah, of course. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Keith Andrade. And right now I work at a company called ones.com, but I've been in the SaaS industry for about seven years now. Right out of college, I got a job at this company called JustWorks, moved to monday.com, did some stuff at this AI company called abacus.ai. And that brought me to ones. Before that, like where I grew up, I'm from Queens, right outside New York City, lived in Long Island for a little bit, did some early college in Florida, used to fly planes, believe it or not. And then, yeah, graduated from business school at Baruch College. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Any interesting facts, anything that maybe some friends listen to this and they're like, wow, I did not know that about Andre. It's funny. I started my career in sales, but there was a time I, I kind of just mentioned briefly, there was a time I thought I wanted to fly planes. I was taking flying, I was studying aviation management and business administration at this school called Lynn University. So I was flying like these little Cessnas for a little bit, but my chief flight instructor was a little crazy. And I realized that flying planes was not the kind of stressful job that I wanted. But I love talking to people. I went to school in Baruch shortly after that. Thought I wanted to do real estate. But then after like studying the real estate courses, I realized that I just loved communication. But I've always had a knack for technology. So that's kind of how I got into the tech space right after college. You've done a lot of different things, jumped head into challenges, lots of different things you've started, have thrived in your career at different companies you've been a part of. What Where does that come from? Like, where does that... Like some people just have it. Like, do you think you naturally got it? Or is, do you think it's a muscle that you've built over the years? Definitely a muscle. I've always been like a gentleman. I think growing up, my father was always very much putting me in a position to make decisions. When we'd be traveling, telling me to like hold the door open for people. Or if we checked out of a hotel, telling me to go check out for us. That kind of putting yourself in front of someone in like maybe an awkward situation, I was doing it as a kid. So I think as I got older, I was always the kind of person that loved to take on something that was client facing. But then growing up too, like I mentioned, I grew up in Queens. Queens is a very diverse area. You know, there's, it's, they used to call it the melting pot. It's more of a salad is the correct terminology, but I wind up moving to Long Island when I was like nine years old and went from like this very diverse neighborhood to a neighborhood that was predominantly uh, Irish Italian. And I'm Italian, but I'm also Ecuadorian. So I think going out, you know, east on Long Island, I realized that 
no one really looked like me. And I think a lot of other people noticed that too. So from a very young age, I, I realized that, okay, I'm different. What does that mean? How can I explore that? So that really set me on a journey to just figuring out like, who am I and what does that mean? And, and how can I use that to like define who I am in this world? A hundred percent. So one of the things you, you brought up, which is unique is like, you're different, right? And whether it's in your career or Queens or whatever, and you, we talked about the importance of diversity and whatnot. What I'm curious about is like, if I'm on the other side, how can I be a good ally, right? In the workplace. I, I think the easiest thing is just to, you know, if you see someone that looks really, that's kind of like an odd person out, the best thing to do really is just instead of maybe like wondering is to be like a salesperson and go in for the ask, be like, where are you from? What was it like? How are you? You know, be inquisitive, be curious. The best teams are the ones that learn to work together. So for people that are in a position, maybe on the other side, always be curious and you should get to know your people. It's really not about skin color. It's just a matter of, you know, getting to know others. And if you can look past that, I, I think you'll think it's very easy to connect with others. A hundred percent. It's finding commonality, right? In sales oh. and everything you do and doing your best to thrive. I'm curious. One of the things you've talked about is like, I'm open to challenges. I want to challenge myself. I want to do it further. Like, have you ever found some challenges just not be worth it? You know, like, it's like, hey, at some point you got to move on. I'm curious from your perspective, like, how do you, and I know that this is an odd question and it's context matters, but how do you determine which challenges, you know, are well worth it? Are you going to run towards and which ones are you're like, absolutely not? Yeah. I feel like I run into this all the time. So like right now in my position, I wear many hats, you know, we're a startup in the U S so I come into positions where it's like, all right, this is maybe not what I was originally intending or was defined in my job description. Do I want to take this on? Cause I know no one else can. And do I feel like I can accomplish it? I feel like this is something that's going to help me grow, but it's tough because there's nothing worse than failing. But, you know, I realized after our last conversation, the only way to succeed in life, I think, is to be willing to practice, be willing to fail, and be willing to practice again. So I think when challenges come your way, you have to be willing to look at it holistically and, and be okay with that you may not do it perfectly the first time. Did you learn that the hard way? Have you ever made a cold call? A hundred percent. That's a good example, right? I remember my first cold call, I'm like, no matter how great, it's like, oh my God, I bombarded it. Like, do you think just with time you get that confidence? Like, how do you, you know, how do you build momentum, at least from your perspective? And I maybe cold call is a bad example because it's easy, but there are some challenges, right? That you're like, oh my God, I'm definitely in deep water. <laughs> like, how do you, you know, how do you kind of get to that, like what I call momentum shift or like? Yeah, totally. I think I know what you mean. So there's no one size fits all for any of this stuff, but I think it's knowing how to pivot is probably the best way to keep the momentum going. So whether it's, hanging out with your friends and talking about your challenges, feeling supported by a community. You know, I could attribute a lot of my success to probably meeting some really close friends in my career. You know, when I was in SDR, that's a tough job. I was selling health insurance and payroll to folks and, you know, calling small business owners. And when you're starting a business, you're busy. You don't want to have the time of day. I've had a lot of people say mean things before, but having your colleagues to talk to like, Hey man, I just had the worst call. Or, you know, some of, some of your friends, you know, come to you for advice. Like those kind of moments help you get better as a person, but also it's about mental health. You know, you have to be willing to go to the gym, gate it, gate get eight hours of sleep, eat healthy, you know, all those things I think attribute to your ability to keep. And if you can keep going, that momentum will build. I think the, the challenge though, that some people get stuck in mediocrity and get complacent and decide to give up too easily. And if people just kept their eyes on the vision of what they wanted to achieve a little bit longer, 
and focused more on that versus I'm exhausted. Of course, respect your mental health, but I think you can absolutely overcome those challenges with that kind of mindset. A hundred percent. And look, when you when you do run into those, at least from your perspective, right? Um, let's call it tough weeks, tough months. You you know, in sales, it happens all the time, right? You hit like how do you re-energize yourself? How do you recharge yourself? What what's worked for you? Uh, you got to have hobbies. You got to have passions, and you got to have someone that you can talk to. Um, for me, talking to like I said, it's always been my colleagues. Um, now it's my my partner Andrew, and I have a really cute do- golden doodle that I'm obsessed with. And honestly, you know. You got to have some way to feel connected, I think, is what gets you through those really tough weeks. Because when you're not hitting your goals or your targets on a weekly or even a monthly basis, what's you're feeling disconnected, right? You're trying to reach something, but you're not reaching it. So I think the best way to fulfill that void of disappointment or not being where you're at at the pace that you want to be is to find other ways to connect with yourself that are fulfilling. I love gaming. You know, I have this Alienware computer and I love to play games with my friends online. Um, I also love to be outside. I also love to get a drink at the bar with my friends. There's tons of ways to find balance and all of that. And, and uh, that's the only way I think I've been able to survive sales because like you said, there's tough weeks. Um, you brought up a lot of good things and I'll just add a couple for me, like having having an avenue to vent sometimes like just helps it could be a you name maybe your partner you could call it therapist like coach whatever you need you need a place to like express your frustrations in a safe manner like that that's crucial right and then i've i've said this and a lot of people have said this on the show like control what you can control let go of things you can't control and one of the things i've learned to implement is like literally i have a spreadsheet with like three columns what is going on that's frustrating me can I control it? If I can, how, like what, you know, how can I push it forward? And if I can't, like, you just got to let go, right. You got to freaking put it in a box and burn it and move on. I love that. I haven't thought of the three columns before. Um, I definitely have learned like with expressing myself sometimes, like, I don't know if this has ever happened for you, Poya, but like, um, if you're not hitting a, a guitar that you want, that conversation in your head can get pretty pretty intense sometimes. Um, and something that I've had to learn um, over the years, guidance through mentors have told me this, my past therapists have told me this, it's to challenge those thoughts. And, and that applies to sales too, because when people, when you're having conversations, you need to challenge what's being said um, to understand things deeper. So I think if uh, you're not hitting a goal of yours, or a target, it's important, you know, not to start beating yourself up in your head either and ask yourself, okay, is this really true? Just like you made your list of, you know, what you have control over or not. I think asking yourself like, okay, where am I at? Is this actually true? I think that's, it goes a long way as well. A hundred percent. It's uh, it's look, especially in this environment, right? Uh, you can, you can have uh, tough patches, right? It's normal. You got to acknowledge it, but uh, you got to come up with ways to, you know, get, get out of the rough patches to, to say the least. But um, I'm, I'm curious, you, you brought up um, an hobby when we were chatting about morning, morning bite. Uh, so give, give listeners some context, why you did it. I don't think you've monetized it. So is this like something that you just want to keep scaling? Is it for fun? Like, like, what is it? Yeah. So the morning bite, um, it started off because I was obsessed with the AI movement before it was even mainstream. Um, when I was working at abacus. um, before I even got there, I really wanted to work for a company that was really taking advantage of machine learning. So abacus is machine learning operations. Um, ML ops is the term. So when I was there, I absorbed a ton of information. Um, And before that, I was trying to create like a tech blog because I was spending my nights just researching all the new stuff that was coming out. 
out. And then I thought, okay, I'm spending so much time doing this. How can I, how can I make this more valuable, not just for me, uh, but also for maybe the people that I want to talk to about this. So uh, that kind of like led one thing to another, um, which eventually led to the morning bite. So the morning bite co is um, it's a way to cut through social media and allow you to stay informed and stay ahead in the world today with a strong focus on technology. Um, and with generative AI, we're seeing a lot of content being generated in the world today. And I think it's just so interesting. I had this idea and it's just so relevant that it's so important to combat misinformation. So the morning bite sends you five bullets every weekday. So every workday before your day starts at 7 a.m., five bullets that are super concise that tells you just the facts, no satire, no sensationalism. And it has a shortened link to the actual source of the article that it's summarizing in about a sentence or two. So it gives you the opportunity to share the conversation with others, but not just share anything blindly to be able to actually share, did you hear about this fact that the government is setting up this policy across these nations? Oh, no way. Where'd you hear about that? Oh, I actually heard it from Forbes. Oh, how did you know? Uh, I actually subscribed to the morning by, there's a shortened link that tells me that. So we should question Forbes. And it becomes a question of questioning the source versus questioning the information itself. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and it, that's morning bite with a with a Y, not with an I for everybody yes. that's listening. So go, go, go sign up. Uh, well, Keith, look, this has been fantastic. Thanks for paying it forward to the listeners and making this a fun conversation. One question we love to include the show with, if you could go back to any time, it could be the Queens, it could be Long Island, it could be Florida. What's one piece of it your uh, wiser, older Keith would give his younger self? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, don't ever give up. Do not take no for an answer and pay more attention to the people that are giving you advice than the people that are criticizing you. You mean by the latter part? I'm curious. Where does that come from? Give some context. Yeah, of course. So I've been in a lot of situations um, where I've had, you know, a manager or maybe I've had plenty of good managers, just want that to be clear. And I've had plenty of good professors in college, but I've definitely been in situations where someone's been very quick to give me critique or criticism about my process without any possible, here's what you could do instead. And I think when I was young, I would take that to heart and try to fix something without knowing how to solve it. And I think I realized as I got older that that may have just been someone sharing something to just say it, uh, because if they were truly supportive, they would actually give some advice, like next steps. And as a manager now, I am so aware of that. And um, I think it makes a huge difference. 110%. Absolutely. You got to... You got to have a little bit context of you know where things come from before you take it to heart, right? Uh, because everybody's experiences sometimes uh, is a little different, and I actually think sometimes this is what's bad about sales advice. Like some people give this advice, it's like, hey, makes sense, it worked in your circumstances, but there's almost 100%. zero chance it's going to work in my circumstances, you know? So yeah, anyway. you literally read my mind. That is um, that is like a classic case in sales, and the truth is. Um, Sales, of course, is about getting to know someone and build rapport and understand their challenges and figure out how you can solve it. But most of all, I think people buy you at the end of the day, and that's all based on your tone. And you can't be something, you can't be someone you're not. A hundred percent. We can't full circle. I always say, use your unique strength, use your voice, you know, to take it, to take it far. Well, uh, this has been absolutely a pleasure uh, for everybody listening. We will put Keith's uh, LinkedIn and whatnot and morning bite in the show notes, reach out. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, we appreciate you guys until next time. Be safe, be well, we'll catch you on the next episode. And Keith, thanks once again for paying it forward and for coming on today's show. Thanks so much. Uh, that was fantastic, man.
Uh, if your business is earning millions, stop what you're doing and take a listen to what offer NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out. At my last company, we used NetSuite to have much more visibility to our business in terms of what was working, what was not working, what was coming in, what was going out. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their finances, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and much more. And for the first time, NetSuite is allowing you to defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. There's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know the deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special financing offer at netsuite.com scale netsuite.com slash scale to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. That is netsuite.com slash scale.